Good Evans, it's the Bobcast. Welcome to episode 28. I'm your host, Bob Evans. My real name's Kevin Mitchell. Thanks for joining me. Um, oh, it's been busy, busy times lately. Uh, so much has happened since the last episode. Um, I have uh, I spent a week in Perth. It's a school holidays. I went over to Perth for a week and did a bunch of recording in the studio. The West Coast Eagles won the AFL Grand Final, which made me very, very happy. Then I came back from that and went camping for a couple of days with my family, which was lovely. I had my birthday. I just turned 41. And just the other day, I released uh, Full Circle, which is a best of album. But it's not all the singles. I've kind of, you know, I've talked about it a lot in interviews lately, so I can't really be bothered doing it now. But, um, but yes, if you're at all interested in that, um, it's out now. It's called Full Circle. Um, you can find it on in stores and on iTunes. It's coming out in vinyl too. The vinyl's not quite, hasn't shipped yet, but it is going to be available on vinyl as well for those of you who like the vinyls. Um, what else has been happening? Oh, tour. I'm going to be going on tour, of course. My tour kicks off really, really soon. I'm touring with uh, a violinist and a piano player, Cleo Renner and Esther Henderson are their names. And we just started rehearsing and it's sounding really, really, really good. So I feel really excited that this show is going to be special. We're going to be playing pretty much all the songs off Full Circle. Uh, all the all the hits and memories and misses uh, will be performed. Plus, I'm going to be conducting a song raffle. So when you enter the venue uh, and you go through the door, you, you get to pick a raffle ticket. And then um, I'm going to draw raffle tickets halfway through the set. And if your number is called, you can request any Bob Evans song you like and I will play it. Or I will at least attempt to play it. If I can't do it, and there's a lot of songs, and I'm going to try my best to practice all of them, but if somebody asks for some obscure song that I haven't practiced or whatever and I can't do, I will give you a free stubby holder. Um, <laughs> that is the uh, idea that I came up just recently when I started realising this tour starts in a couple of weeks, and, jeez, I don't know if I'm going to have every single song of mine practised. I think it's like 80-something songs. So, um, But, yeah, anyway, that's the idea. It's going to be lots of fun. That's the main thing. And it's going to be beautiful with uh, Esther and Cleo. That's, it's, that's, it sounds so good. Um, so here are the dates. Um, Friday, October the 19th, I'm going to be in Brisbane at the Black Bear Lodge. On Saturday, October the 20th, I'll be in Sydney at Leadbelly. On Friday, October 26th, I'll be at the Gov in Adelaide. Saturday, October 27th, the Rosemount in Perth. And on Saturday, November the 3rd, which I believe is Melbourne Cup weekend, I will be at the Northcote Social Club in Melbourne. Uh, so I'd love you to come along. Tickets are selling well, um, but there are still tickets left for each of those shows. Um, but it kicks off really soon. I can't wait. I really hope you can join me. Um, okay, uh, episode 28, as usual. Um, there is explicit language in this one. So if you don't like the rude words, this probably isn't a podcast for you. Um, also, too, on Spotify, I have my Good Evans it's a Bobcast soundtrack, which I keep adding songs to. So check that out if you want to hear the songs in full that we talk about in these podcasts. I'll play little snippets, but if you want to hear the song in full, all you need to do is go to the Good Evans It's a Bobcast soundtrack on Spotify and every single song that we talked about on every single episode is all there for you. 
Um, okay, my guest. Oh, it's another good one. I've been really lucky these last uh, few episodes. Paul Dempsey, Tim Rogers, both guys that I've known for 20 years and have shared you know, uh, so many great times with. And, and my guest on this episode is no different. It's the wonderful Adelita. Um, ah, I love Adelita so much. She's such a legend. We have such a great chat. Um, I enjoyed it immensely. She came around to my house. Uh, it's the first time I've done a podcast. Um, where someone's come around to my house, uh, which was really nice. I remember when the first time I met, met Adelita, Jeb and I were supporting them at a show in Perth. It was the first time Jeb and I had ever been at, done a gig where we'd been on a glossy poster. I remember it because it was a poster. It was all so exciting. And we were, it was the Meanies with the headlining band, Magic Dirt and Even were also on the bill. And, <laughs> and Adelita intimidated the shit out of me. I was so intimidated by her, um, so scared of her. And so it's funny, you know, quickly or soon after that, getting to know them and touring with them and doing festivals with them. And, you know, she's just such a sweetheart, um, such a lovely person. And, um, yeah, I really enjoyed this chat. I, I hope you enjoy it too. I think it's I think it's one of the good ones for sure. Should we get stuck into it then? I think we should. I think I've talked about everything. I probably have forgotten something important, but, uh, oh, well, never mind. Enjoy. This is episode number 28 with my good friend, Adelita, and you're listening to Good Heavens. It's a Bob cast. It's good to see you. Um, yeah, I always kind of felt like a bit of a, not like a Luddite, but like I was, I've was. i always been a pretty late adopter of stuff. Like I was, when it, social media and stuff, I was always pretty, everyone else seemed to be on it before me. Oh, like right. in things, something like Instagram, for example, I held off on doing anything with that until only maybe like a year or two ago. Oh. Because... Yeah, I just, I find those things hard to, so anyway, podcasts, I only just discovered podcasts probably yeah. two years ago, yeah, just yeah. before I started doing this. Yeah, right. And and once I found a couple that, I, that kind of hooked me in, then it kind of gave me the idea of like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I can do something similar, but just with a different subject. Yeah. Matter. Yeah. I think I had a little bit of a Henry Rollins one where he does, he does one with a girl, I think, and they do okay. quite a few podcasts, but... Is it just him and the same person? I think, yeah, every- Heidi, her name is, yeah. Right. Yeah, and they do stuff. But Instagram's something I got onto pretty early because I yeah. love photos. So I right, did. Okay. So I got onto that early, but that's where I stopped. Like, yeah, just yeah. Instagram. And- but, yeah, I mean, it makes sense with Instagram that you got into that, yeah, for like being a visual, if you're mm. like a, you know, a visual person, mm. really into photography and stuff. So I'm, yeah. I hate... I, I hate uh, photos, you know. Um, Being in them and taking them. Exactly. I never take them. <laughs> really? Yeah, 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 yeah which yeah. is a shame because, 
you know, uh, lots of my past hasn't been documented. But yeah, and I, yeah, it's just, but Twitter, I, I kind of got into Twitter because ah, okay. then that's just no, that's not visual at all. Mm-mm. And um, I mean, it's a pretty murky world though. I don't, is Instagram, is, is it, does Instagram get pretty murky in the world of like commentary and the things that people like? Is, is there a dark, kind of underbelly because there is there is good twitter for sure yeah i i find instagram a little classier than say facebook and not as murky and dark in in sort of the troll aspect or Mm. weird comments facebook is something i just don't like but i use it to help you know promote the music and keep keep connected with fans which is great yeah but facebook i find has way more sort of yeah, shitty comments and weird yeah. comments. Yeah. Instagram I, is my... Yeah, I prefer it. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, I don't do... I've got a personal Facebook page, but mm. I, I don't... I It's neglected. It's Jebby's aren't on Facebook, are you? Je- Je- oh, no, hang on. Jebs and Bobby... You're not on Insta- Facebook. Oh, Jebs aren't on Instagram. That's... I was trying Jebs, to find you on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Jebs don't do Instagram. Because I'm no. like... I already do Instagram and Twitter and Facebook for myself. So it's yeah. like... I'm not oh. doing it. So I'm not doing two different. It's already more than I'd like to do. How, like, how is that world for us now? It's like we never. I mean, we had to. We used to have to do content for when the internet came. That's right. Yeah, but blogs like, and all yeah, that, or yeah. like newsletters and things like that. Oh, that was so tiring. Was like, yeah, oh, but now, but yeah, like it's now. It's, it seemed like after when Instagram came along, that was again for me. I was like, I'd only just sort of, I'd only just started to slowly kind of get around to Twitter, having sort of got on to Facebook and Instagram mm. came along and it's like, you know, you've got to have an Instagram. And it's like, is this just going to keep happening every couple of years? It's going to be a new <laughs> social media platform that we have to be across to, it's just like, how, nice. how, what, like, yeah. See, I've let Twitter go. I see you're really mm. good with words. You're very cerebral and intelligent in oh. that way. And well, you're very eloquent. I've noticed that about you. You are good like that. I'm more pictures. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. rather than read a book, give it to me in a movie. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, I like yeah. pictures. I look at yeah, the yeah. pictures. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm good with words. I'm not saying that I'm bad with words, but it takes me a while to formulate things. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm, I sort of speak before I've formulated mm. a sentence. So it all comes out like Yoda. <laughs> Feeling good I am. You know, so it's like, but you're good. I understand you on Twitter. That makes sense. But Twitter for me, I just don't use it. It's like I have no reason to use it, you know. So I'm all about the photos and, mm. yeah, words. Oh, I'm terrible at composing my own blogs and, like, yeah. promo things. It's like I'm playing a show. It's going to be great, you know. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah. how to do the spin yeah, yeah, part yeah, yeah. of it, you know. Yeah. I'm so shit at Must it. Mustering up the, you know, oh. the motivation to get, you know, creative. I know. <laughs> I just, I just write the bloody songs, you know. Yeah. So I don't know how to write all that other shit. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, I, I was thinking earlier today about um, the last time we chatted, and I, I think it might have been last year when we were doing those Hoodoo Gurus You and My shows. Um, and I remember chatting to you a bit about because um, you were, you know, working your way through making a new record. Mm. What's the uh, what's the latest? <laughs> what's there? The go there. <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. Oh man, I don't know. I'm really just battling with it. Yeah, it's a real bat. Have you ever had a battler of a record? It's like. Um, oh, look, I mean, I feel like every record gets harder and harder. <laughs> Great, I don't feel so bad. <laughs> 
No, like really, I, okay. I'm actually sincere. When yeah, I say no, that. okay. And right. um, because you know, I th- it just I think it just gets harder to find new ways of doing mm. things, and um, and also too, you know, you you're always hopefully you know raising the bar a little bit for yourself when in the studio and so once that gets raised then you know you've got to work harder and push further every single time Mm. so you know but i mean i've never found making records easy Mm -mm. you know they don't i don't just you know Mm. i just piss them out (laughs) i wish i did yeah it feels like when i was younger i was able to piss them out a bit bit more than i do now um where i'm at with it is I feel like I'm. It's a work in progress. Like it, it feels really different to other records. I've come to a sort of a. I don't know. Things have sort of changed. I guess without me realizing it. I guess I'm getting older and I'm slowing down. But not that that's a negative thing. It's just that things have changed. Do you mean slowing down in, in your work or general? In general, general yeah, just yeah. in my body, in my mind. <laughs> Um, I'm getting slower and creakier and older. So I feel, yeah, I I guess it's that thing of like, I feel like I want to put something out as in I've got something to say. Like Mm. I don't want to just put something out just to put something out. And I have a lot of internalized, I have a lot of pressure that I've internalized. On yourself. On myself. So I, in my head, I've got the fans, I've got, say, the label, Mm. who, who don't pressure me at all, yeah. you know, is contrary to popular belief, mm. you know, um, friends, just all these voices, my, all helpful pretty much, all very supportive, mm. but sort of I know everyone's going, when's the record going to be done? Yeah, yeah. So I internalise that and I'm like, I've got to get it out for this reason, that reason, duh, yeah, yeah. and I start panicking. Yeah. But if I take a step back, which I've been trying to do and calm down, let the dust settle, and just be in my own space with myself only mm. and just find that little calm spot where you just know what to do. Mm. You can see the path and you take mm. that step forward. So mm. I've been trying to do that and I've realized that I'm not ready. Yeah. I'm not ready to put out a record and I just have to... I've written all the songs, but they've gotten a bit old because it's been three years yeah, since yeah, I've been yeah. in production. Yeah. So I feel like... Almost like I want to write new stuff, but I don't feel inspired. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of like, um, maybe I should. I've l- sort of left it a little bit, but then it's always in the back of my mind to mm. sort of keep working on it. So I think it's just a work in progress. And mm. I think over the three years I've worked on it, I've been like, oh, it's, yes, I'm going to get this out in the next two months. I'm going to buckle down, record what I've got, and just put it out. Yeah. But then I always feel this doubt and it's Mm. like no 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 this is probably not the right way to do it and Mm. maybe you should stop and think so yeah i'm just like letting it go a little bit and just seeing what happens and i want to put something out but i want to feel proud of proud and happy and ready so i've got to fight those little inner battles with myself like i've just got to calm down you know i've just got to like stop panicking and just just chill. I just got to chill on it. It's hard. You know? It's hard. Do you think um, it's harder managing all those voices and all that noise and the self doubt and all that sort of stuff when you're making records on your own? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's really different doing it solo. As yeah. you would know, like yeah. you're in the same boat because you you've had the Jebbies or you've got the Jebbies and doing Bob Evans. 
you do when you're on your own. You don't have the people to bounce off. You don't mm. have perspective or you have a different perspective, mm. which it's just very concentrated. But also I just get a bit confused and mm. I sort of sometimes don't listen to myself and doubt myself and then... I don't know. There's so many ways you can make a record and so many yeah. ways you can be creative and do yeah. things. And yeah. It's just committing to one sort mm. of path. Or, you know, I'm going to do yeah. this, this and this. And you go, but what if I do that? What if I do that? So on your own, yes, I would say it's a bit harder or a bit trickier. I think if you're internalising so much stuff and you just can go down the, the rabbit hole yeah. with it all. And, and mm. yeah, not having another person sort of in your pocket creatively to yeah to even just to get stuff out or just to give yeah. you reassurance or just whatever it is yeah. those people do i never really thought about it until i started doing solo stuff and realized like oh yeah it's pretty lonely yeah. it's a lonely business being Isn't a solo it? artist you yeah. know and and you do spend a you know a lot of time in your own head because there's nowhere for it to go there isn't and you know with magic dirt you know we all bounced off each other but mm. as you know dean was you know kind of my creative partner in selecting songs and helping guide production and stuff so that's that's kind of sad that you know that's not there and that's missing but I don't I try to you know there's other ways I can do it but sometimes uh, sometimes I really miss that like mm. having that quality control you know mm. that Dean was so good at so that that's an obvious kind of change for me mm. and but I think I have my own good quality control as well i know i can do it and i have done it obviously i made two solo records but yeah um i don't know i think also the more i go along with the solo thing the more i learn Mm. is like you do go you just have to make a fucking decision just Mm. Mm. just do it you know so Mm. you learn new skills when you're working on your own yeah definitely as well that you wouldn't learn if you were just in a group absolutely yeah i reckon for me like my my sort of understanding i guess is probably the right word of of the process of the actual recording process in the studio um like just went took giant leaps when i started making records solo because all of a sudden it was just me and the producer and i was the kind of go-to i i had to have an opinion on everything like before we did it oh, it's like the drum Brett's doing the drums and you know the producer's consulting Brett about the drums and we had the snare sound and what we do and I would just be sitting back you know waiting for the decision to be made but all of a sudden it's all it's like how's that snare sound oh shit uh, okay or what kind of you know and all of a sudden every beat of the drums and the, every the, what the bass is doing everything that's being recorded you have to have mm. you have to be across and mm. so then once you're drawn into all of that then you start sort of understanding how all those things are recorded and how you know and so yeah like for me that was the probably the biggest kind of learning curve but what about like with lyrics and stuff do you does it take you a long time to commit to lyrics or do you find lyric writing you know a a fairly easy process i think it's fairly easy for me like and the way i write is like really playful and i don't I kind of don't think about it too much. Like um, the first thought is usually the right thought. Um, So like what I do is on my iPhone, um, you know, because these days we don't write anymore. (laughs) We just type. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm always like um, just jotting down lines and lyrics. So on my 
reminder notes. I've yes. just got in capital letters lyrics. Yeah, yeah. And then I just, whenever I think of something or I'm inspired, yeah, yeah. I just jot it all down. And then so I've got this sort of a long scroll of sort of just words and lines yeah, and yeah. thoughts and yeah. things. And they're usually po- poetic, you mm. know, sort of descriptive and yeah, sort of yeah. colourful and yeah. dreamlike and impressionistic, yeah. you know, phrases. And then I'll just email that to myself, print it out, and then just sort of maybe use some of it in a song. So yeah. I'll sit down and, you know, the traditional way I write and my fail safe is just to sit down, strum away, have the just a whole bunch of words in front of me and right. just start sort of singing and picking, cherry picking things out um, and putting it all together. And then, you know, I usually don't do too much editing or anything mm. like that. Um, and then the other way that I write is if, you know, I'll be really inspired and I'll sit down and like, you know, all this sort of maelstrom of emotions will be going on and, you know, all these my brain will be lighting up and I'm, you know how it goes. You're yeah, just yeah. completely electrified and and then I'll sit down and it's probably the same for you. You just, just out pops a hook of yeah. some sort and the whole song hangs off that. So yeah. at that point I will sit down and nut out yeah, what yeah. the song's about yeah. and make things rhyme and sort of, <clears throat> you know, put stuff together. But as a solo artist, the lyric writing part and, and actually writing songs is is fairly easy and, mm. and smooth and mm. fun and how it's kind of always been mm. um oh. but i haven't written it's funny because i haven't written a song in a while yeah right but it doesn't worry me like that's good how long has it been <laughs> um i reckon maybe two or three years which is two or quite three years a while. since you've written a song yeah i think i wrote i've written one um in that time which when I you love. say where, like do you mean like finished song Anything, anything, I haven't even touched my guitar. Wow. It's a long time. Yeah, and I told that to... So the, the, the person I'm working with for the current album is Lindsay Gravina, who's done yes. heaps of Magic yeah. Dirt records. So he, <clears throat> so the record was kind of flopping around like a little fish out of water. So and you've he been in of, the studio and started laying everything down? And- yeah, I'd been in the studio with John Lee and Phaedra, and then I'd recorded with... I, I went to a whole bunch of different studios to record things and re-record things. Mm. So I was kind of just spending money here and there, like actually just doing almost pre-production, which yeah. is like stupid. Like yeah. I am the worst producer in the world. Like I have no <laughs> idea what I'm doing. Yeah. And I was just taking myself, I was just, rather than sitting down and nutting it out and waiting it out, I was just like, yeah, I'll do this. I'll go over there and spend the money there and try that. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, I did that for a couple of years, so 20, whatever, 2016, 17. And then Lindsay pulled me up and said, what's, what are you doing? What's going on? Tell me what's going on. Because I was just really in a bad way. I was like, I don't know what's going on. It's not working. (laughs) And he was like, just come in and we'll have a look at things, see what we can salvage, see where you're going. So he's kind of helping me now to steer the ship. Yeah, and then it just sounds like that is exactly what, with everything that you've described, like a producer is, sounds like exactly what you need. <laughs> yeah. Like somebody that you trust. Yeah. Somebody who can, who understands, you know, what you're trying to do, but also is knowledgeable about the stuff that you're not knowledgeable about. Someone who can motivate you, like basically. You know, producers can be really good at kind of going when everything becomes um, 
a little it seems insurmountable or you know you're just overwhelmed by stuff it's good to have somebody to go okay let's just sit down let's just nut this out let's just pull everything apart into little pieces and just take this little piece by little piece and see what we got and sort of you know yeah just to kind of make sense of everything yeah so i mean that that does sound like it yeah. makes a lot of sense yeah 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 to me too because for the third record i was like i want to be the producer and not in an ego way no. i was just like i know what i want yeah. i've always been good at that i know what i want and uh yeah creative control so I'll be the producer, but I've realized now that maybe being a producer is not my forte. Yeah. You know, um, maybe for another band I can sit back and yeah. help out, which is a whole other thing that I'm interested in. But, yeah. you know, as you go along, you get different interests. But for my own stuff, I've realized that, yes, I can produce some of it yeah. in, in the maybe on the creative side of things, but yeah. on the other side of things of... Um, I don't know, all the other stuff, like you were just saying, the perspectives and the knowledge of the other areas of producing, um, I probably am not the best person for the job, mm. which I've realised. Because mm. I never, I, I never, I, I knew what a producer was, but when you're actually trying to be pr- a producer, you sort of get a whole other perspective right. on that side of things. Mm. But anyway, it's funny with Lindsay, I was really, it's it's been a tough journey kev yeah well, it um, sounds like it I'm, yeah i'm not intending you know i didn't want you to re go over you know no i want to, i want, want to. to i want to because i haven't been able to well i've talked about it but i do like talking about it you know mm. how you get stuff off your chest but mm. i remember when i was in the throes of sort of having i had a few i had a few moments where i was just like i was just like really stressed out and having little mini meltdowns and mm. just like it was affecting my whole life, like my personal life, you know, um, and I was so stressed that just it was just this weight that I've never felt before, like yeah. just this constant, heavy kind of just a ball. I was just a ball of anxiety. And anyway, so I was walking this down, you know, my local neighborhood and this was before I hooked up with Lindsay. Mm. But, like, his last name is Gravina, right? You don't see that name every no. day. So I'm walking in my local neighbourhood and I'm walking along. And, you know, sometimes in your life these weird synchronistic things sure. happen yeah. and you're sort of like, oh, that's spooky. Yeah, and yeah. Blue. So I'm walking down this street and I look down this alleyway and this truck is sort of going down the other end of the alley, alleyway. And then as the truck moves away, it reveals on this back brick wall in giant letters, like giant letters, <laughs> Gravina. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I am not kidding oh, you. I believe you. That's and incredible. I was like, uh, what is L- Lindsay's last name doing on that wall in my neighborhood? And then I went, okay, I have to call him. Wow. <laughs> so I was just like... It was so... And then you went back the next day and it was gone. Yeah, it was gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, yeah. that's... Uh, yeah, look, I... I yeah. Yeah, I totally, so... I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, those things, you know, those synchronicity... Those moments of synchronicity happen. You know, I love it when that stuff happens. Yeah, yeah. You know, not because I, you know, believe in magic or anything, but um, look, when you need help, like... <laughs> Anything, yeah. anything that works, right? I know. The world just was just chucking it at you. I'm yeah, like, yeah. wake up, yeah. have a look. But uh, my point was uh, writing. I haven't written in, in a couple of years. but And so Lindsay, when I told Lindsay that, he panicked. He was like, that's really bad, Ed. Why, 
why what's that's not good and I was like it's all right I have this I have this very comfortable feeling with my songwriting and with my creativity in that I feel like it'll, it's always there and it'll always be there yeah. so I'm not worried that I haven't written I'm just I feel like I'm building I have to replenish and restock yeah, my yeah. I don't know what to call it my imagination my um creativity my muse everything is like you know you just back in the day when we were young I was on the dole. A lot of us were on the dole as mm. artists, you know. Mm. And we used to just live. It's not like now when you're older and you're adult and you have to sort of make money and look after mm. your family and all that. But when we were younger, I could just live in the world and sort of soak it all up. Mm. So that's what I f- feel like when I don't write. I'm not wasting time. I'm not I'm not sort of barren, you know. In I'm just soaking up things, mm. you know. Mm. So I feel okay that I haven't written in a while because I know there's going to be some really great stuff that's going to pop out. Mm. So, yeah, and the last song I wrote, I love. Like, I love it. And I feel like it's – I feel like almost it's the start of a new record. So that's why I'm caught between these two Mm. worlds of this older record, which has really – a couple of really great songs, Mm. and then this new song. So I'm kind of like, how am I going to do a record of really old songs and new songs? Like, So I'm just trying Mm. to work it all out. Yeah, and you have to be – I mean, you've you got to be happy or at least some, in some way sure, as sure as you can be, I guess, with these things. Um, because, you know, like what you were saying before, you know, you want to have a reason for putting out a record. You know, you don't want to just do it just because it's what you do. I feel the same way. I've said that many times. Like, if I don't feel like I've got something significant for me or important for me to express then I'm not going to put a record out because yeah. I don't want it to be turned into like this production line thing where it's just like oh it's been two years since my last record better yeah better stock the shelves with more products you know like that's, that's what it feels yeah just, you don't want that no, feeling no I don't want that it's feeling and I good. don't think that is I don't think that's good for anyone no you're not you a know? machine no yeah we are doing a bunch of hotter than hell festival dates next yes. year. Um, we are um, ma- magic dirt. So <laughs> I know. tell me if and you know, <clears throat> well as as per usual, you know, don't feel like you have to talk about anything you don't feel like talking about. But yeah, um, how is the magic dirt? What is the magic dirt lineup going to be for those shows? How, <laughs> how is it feeling? Good. It's feeling really good. Yeah. We haven't told anyone who the bass player is yet. It's just going to... We, we don't know. We, we don't know when to announce it. We don't mm. know how to go about it. We haven't mm. even talked about it, but we're in rehearsals at the moment. Yep. Been rehearsing for a while. We thought we'd get in early because we haven't played for nine years. Yeah. So, yeah, it was like... But, you know, it was funny because Robbo, our drummer... Mm. He just rocked up to rehearsal. He had not even listened to any of the yeah. songs. And he was just like, and away, one, two, three, four. Yeah. He's just like, he knew, <laughs> it was just, he, there, he, right? it was just yeah. there. It was yeah. like, oh, my God. You, you. I, I I think I scrubbed up on the songs the day before yeah, and yeah. rocked up. And it was all like, way, a few wrong chords. But yeah. it was like, okay, I, can, I remember this. I yeah. remember this. So surprisingly, it's been fairly easy in that mm. respect remembering the songs i've definitely got a bit of old brain though like just like oh god (laughs) every now and then i stall on lyrics and stuff yeah yeah Yeah, but um it's been great like obviously it's weird and sad and does it it'll never feel right and you know we we didn't i i don't know like a few years ago i never thought that we 
play again. Mm. None of us did. Mm. It, and it wasn't like, it wasn't even a thought. It was just like we were in a whole other world. So it was like, yeah, no, that, that's it, you know. Mm. Um, but we had, we had some things we wanted to release. So okay. we did have plans, yeah, to release some stuff. Yeah, right. That hadn't been released before. Ah, okay. And we've also got plans to um, reissue some ah, cool. older back catalogue stuff yeah, yeah, that yeah. we've acquired, yeah. which is all no one knows yet. Yeah. Um, but I guess it's not a huge secret, and we want to kind of let people know pretty soon that we're going to yeah, do yeah. that. So this is not like... <laughs> but it still is a bit exclusive here, me? just for you, Kev. <laughs> can so I keep this in? Or? You can keep it in. Okay. You can. I yeah. don't so, no, no, nah, nah, it's cool, man. Nah, it, it'll come out eventually, so why not talk about it now? So we always had plans to do, like, we'd love to do a doco, you know, mm. all this stuff. There's mm. so much of the legacy to kind of get out mm. there. But we didn't think we'd tour. Um, but then something started to stir, I reckon even a couple of years ago, where I was, I can't even put it into words. It was just a feeling of, like, I want to play fucking loud. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you ever had that feeling. You did. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean... And yeah, probably after doing two solo records in a row, the second and the third one in between Jeb's records, um, yeah, I was desperate to <laughs> to to go back into that world. And you know, yeah. when you've got that back catalogue of songs, and you know, you've mm. invested you know mm. so much of your life into, yeah, absolutely, I can understand why I'd want to get back into it. But also, I have no idea what it must feel like in your circumstances, mm. you know, with, mm. with Dean and stuff. Mm. Um, I, I couldn't know what that's like. But, um, but yeah, I mean, hope, I hope for you, you know, I hope that it'll be fun and cathartic. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I imagine it will also be very emotional as well. Yeah, I mean, I can't plan for the... None of us can plan for the emotional side. Like, yeah. I don't know how it's going to go. But, mm. like, I remember when Dean passed and I was doing the solo thing for... Am I? I? I remember when Dean passed and I was doing the solo thing, that first record, first, my first solo record, yeah. and I started to go out on the road to tour the solo stuff. And mm. I wasn't prepared for, <clears throat> like, just how emotional things were going to be because I was going out on the road by myself without the band for the mm. first time. And I'd, I'd, I'd check into my hotel, go up the elevator, walk down the hallway, and as you and I have done a million times on tour, that's what you do. Mm. You know, you check into your comm, go to your room, and walking to my room and opening the door, I just started crying because it was like, and there was, it's, I can't, you, it's hard to describe because it was just like, it's such a part of your life and mm. it's so connected with Magic Dirt. And I just started, you know, it was all about Dean. It was like, I'm walking down this hallway to my hotel room, which I've done a million times, but I'm on my own, plus mm. Dean's passed and the band stopped. And it was just really... Mm. But at the same time, I felt like I was representing. I was still... Like, everyone was still with me, yeah, you know? Yeah. Like, I was taking everybody with me at mm. the same time. So, yeah, like, doing this now, I think I've sort of... I've processed a lot of the grief and gone through a lot of stuff, mm. but I know <laughs> there's going to be... A lot of emotion, particularly from the fans. Like yeah. the fans are, get really affected. And oh, they're yeah. so invested, yeah. and I've had so many people come up to me and just like they look so cute. They're so they they, they have tears welling up in yeah. their eyes, and they'll just come up to me. And usually around Dean's 
the passing of uh, the anniversary yeah, of Dean's yeah. passing or or Magic Dirt getting back together. People get really emotional. Mm. They want to hug you. But they're so cute. And, yeah. they, you know, it's just like it's really – it's lovely. But it's sad, but it's it's lovely, you know. So, yeah, it'll be – it will be emotional, yeah. I think, particularly the first show. Yeah. But it'll be good. Like, we're having fun. And as you and I were just saying before, there was just that – it was a desperate need to play loud, mm-hmm. really loud guitars and play – yeah, so that kind of led me to go, what is this feeling? Oh, I know what it is. I want to play Magic Dirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, my yeah. band, yeah, you know. Yeah. And that sort of started to sort of stir maybe a couple of years ago. But yeah. I wasn't ever – it didn't ever progress to me thinking, oh, I'll get the band back together and tour. Yeah. It was just a thing. It was just, oh. oh. But then just as – I don't know, the stars started to align and – I think Raul mentioned it and Robbo mentioned it. Mm-hmm. A couple of other people mentioned it. We're like, oh, it would be cool to play, but maybe one day. So we were like, yeah, yeah maybe five years from now or yeah. ten years from now or however long. Yeah, yeah. But we didn't think that it would come upon us so quickly. So yeah. we had plans to tour, but not so soon. And yeah. we kind of, as I don't know, we had plans, but then Hotter Than Hell came along, you know, this blessing. And yeah. it was like hey guys let's just let's go out there so you know it was just a great opportunity really good timing great peeps and obviously touring with all our mates you know yeah. you guys is just like that was like hell yeah like why wouldn't we so it takes we, a bit of pressure off too if it's yeah if you're not like booking, booking your own shows and worrying about yeah, you know, <coughs> yeah. all the business side of, <laughs> oh, you know, yeah, that yeah. comes along with booking a tour and stuff yeah. that when it's a festival yeah. You know, you can just everything's just set up for you to just go out and celebrate hopefully. That's that's it. That's yeah. was a really uh that was a good a draw card also. It's like, yeah, w- all the work's kind of done so yeah, we yeah. can just focus cuz just focus on the show. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So it will it'll just be like touring with with, you know, mates, having a good time. Mm. And we are having a good time like you know, behind the scenes, obviously, there's, you know, we, there's a lot of emotion and yeah. all of that. But it's actually been really good. It, it's, it's, it's all pretty much just. There's a lot of love in the room. We're having a good time. All the old songs are fun to play. And it's like these are fucking great songs. We're a fucking great band. We fucking rock. <laughs> so it's like, as you know, as you do when yeah, you, yeah. you know you. And I'm very proud. It makes me really yeah, proud. You, be, you know, you yeah. Be. But it's funny, like, it's, you know, having that <laughs> amount of time, that much water under the bridge and stuff. And when mm. you, when you, you know, because I imagine there's a lot of songs that you probably barely even thought about, let alone listened to for a yeah. lot of years that oh you're revisiting God. now. Yeah. And it does, it, you know, you do have that feeling sometimes. Look, there are sometimes too with Jeb's songs where I've gone back to it and gone, gee, this is shit. <laughs> 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 yeah, but, that, but most of the time know, yeah. when we've gone back to songs, it's like, oh, this is all right. Yeah, yeah, uh, I know, <laughs> I know, because it's like they're really young. A lot of them are young songs. It's mm. like, oh, I'm so old now, and I'm going to play these young songs where I'm singing about getting wasted and yeah. unrequited love yeah. and all this shit. And it's like, actually, no, the songs are awesome. <laughs> like, how are you approaching the what you play, like the song, what you're choosing to play? Just how we always have put on the distortion pedal and play it as we yeah. always played it. Yeah. Like you know, just rock out yeah we haven't changed anything just trying to make it sound as true to how we used to play it yeah. um there's no rearranging no ad-libbing no nothing yeah, just yeah. straight up 
and obviously with um, the bass player, we're, we're trying to make sure the sound is, you know, gels with our sound. Yeah. So, um, but also not trying to iron out the bass player's idiosyncrasies mm. and his sort of style. Obviously, mm. they're bringing their own thing mm. to it. It's never going to be Dean. It's never going to be the same, mm. anything like that. But we still need to kind of make sure everything's gelling. So we've been working at it for a while and it's all sounding really good and yeah just straight up learn the song straight up play yeah, don't yeah. muck around yeah, yeah, you know yeah. just play loud and play it good as good as you can <laughs> you know and you know i am going to make mistakes like i've and i've always made mistakes yeah. so i'm just going to be like eh yeah that's that this is this is how we are this is what you get and yeah, we're yeah. just going to rock out kind yeah. of thing so yeah just just play good <laughs> pretty much just play good have a good time and when you were yeah. with your solo stuff you know when you were saying about how um you know you wanted to make noise again and stuff did you ever tr- think about or try sort of sort of satisfying that side with through your solo stuff yeah there's definitely loud stuff that i do in the solo yeah, stuff it's... yeah yeah definitely but then i was thinking maybe it's getting too loud and too rocky which yeah. i, I started to get a bit mindful of i was like i felt a bit uncomfortable like maybe i'm treading a yeah i don't know not that i want that to stop me from writing loud solo songs yeah but i was just a bit like and that's why i started to think about magic dirt yeah, i think yeah. like oh yeah i want to play loud but yeah i don't know if that anyway but no i definitely have quite intense loud mm. a couple of real rockin songs in the solo thing but yeah, no, I don't. I don't usually don't let anything stop me. I'm just. I'm. I'm of the. I'm of the thinking of. I'll just do whatever I want. Mm. I, I don't have any kind of parameters or boundaries. It's mm. like, yep, I'll just do some crazy, rocked out song solo. Mm. Yeah, like I have this one song that's got this Detroit style Stoogesy riff, and yeah. it's just, and then me on these percussion like sticks, and I'm the lyrics are quite. You know they're they're dark. Yeah. So like I've always liked playing loud and dark, and yeah. being in the solo format, I think is it's just me being solo doing loud stuff. Yeah. In my in that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There have been times when I've been with my stuff here where songs have started to <clears throat> veer into, or just it feels like it's it feels like it's jeopardized. <laughs> Yeah. And, and I'm like, ah. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I have to kind of stop and think, like, how do, where do I want to go with this? What am I going to do with this? Do yeah. I want... Um, because, yeah, like, it's a funny one. I'm, you know, I feel the same. I feel like I want to be able to just do whatever I want. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it can be hard sometimes mm. to... Because... If even if it makes complete sense to you, it can baffle other people. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Not that, and then you've got to kind of go, okay, well, how much of that am I going to give a fuck about? Yeah, yeah, much, yeah. You know, like, say, yeah. And it's, and then, you know, yeah. that's the sort of way your thinking starts going, and then, yeah, um, and then it becomes more less and less about music, and yeah, yeah, I know. it's hard. It's hard because, like, I can say that, like. It's funny when when I have those doubts or when I start sort of editing myself or second guessing. Like if I see someone else doing it, it's easy for me to say say to you, "Nah, Kev, don't worry about it. Just yeah. do whatever you want." Yeah, yeah, but yeah. saying it to myself sometimes yeah. uh, it doesn't. It's yeah. not forthcoming. 
But it's like, really, I should stick to that, stick to that manifesto, which I've yeah. always had. It's like, do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Whenever you want, it's creative. There's no boundaries. There's no rules. So I have to keep thinking that because in the end, it's all about the music and the song. Yeah. So however that song wants to manifest and whatever it needs, you have to be the provider. Mm. So you have to sort of break down all the, all the walls, the boundaries, the, the, you know, the handcuffs, the things that want to keep it, I don't know, from being what it wants to be. But at the same time, we are quality control too. Mm. It's a hard business, mm. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Yeah, being the the create the creator, the you creator know? and the curator. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're good. See, well, yes, I, I remember there was something yes, that the you said. The curator, yeah, the creator. We and are the... <laughs> that's really good, Kev. Well, you told me. Like, I told you. You told me yes. many years ago. What did I tell you? Yeah, you won't re- remember it, but because oh, I don't remember shit. You, well, you didn't. When you told me, you weren't. I think it, it just kind of came out. It wasn't you going. Oh. I've got some wisdom here <laughs> to impart on you now. Come, come close and listen. Uh, you know, I think we were yes. like walking down the street, yeah. having a chat. Um, it was it was when um, uh, you and I were doing that live at the wireless, and they had guest singers. Yeah. Remember mm-hmm, that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God, how many that years was ago was great. that? Yeah, with Tex Tooth, and Bernard yeah. Fanning. Cram. Cram, um, yeah. I don't kind of remember what year it was. It was a long time ago. It must be more than 10 A long time ago, yeah. Um, Early 2000s, I think. Yeah, God. Um, and so, yeah, so we're on the road. And you, we were obviously just, you know, talking about what well, same stuff we're talking about now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still having the same conversation. Still having the same conversation yeah. 15 years yeah. later. Yeah, I remember. But you yeah. said You said to me, a great artist leaps before they look. And I've never, ah. never forgotten that. Oh my because god! Because like, yeah, it was just—it was a really sage piece of wisdom, mm. you know. It, and I'd never heard anyone say it before. And it was oh. just like, yeah, you, that's it's it. That's exactly right. That is right. I should listen to my own wisdom. You should. You've got a great manifesto there. Yeah, yeah that's. Because yeah. I've often looked, thought back to that, you know. Mm, really? Yes. Oh, that's so yeah. Nice. Oh, I'm- and it's, it's been stuck helpful? in my it stayed in my noggin and it didn't leave. So. Has it been helpful or it has, <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's, you can blame me for well, the it's times to, when it's, it's gone It's hard wrong. to kind of um, no. make like to make give practical examples. Of yes, that. <laughs> but no, but it's but it's it, 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 you put it in my brain. It's never yeah. left. So oh, it's always cool. been kind of rattling around the yeah, back yeah, there yeah, 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 amongst yeah. all the other crap. That's yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I kind of live like that too, which isn't always the most practical thing to do, to leap before you. No. So, well, it's because you know, it involves taking risks. Yeah. And, and it, it involves um, um, the risk of failing. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, and all of that. Like, it's not, it's, it's not a safe thing to do. No, no. But, but I guess it's that the important thing, I suppose, is losing the fear of failure. You know, not yeah. like being able to kind of follow your instincts mm. it, knowing that it, it could fail in some way yeah. you know yeah. and but doing it anyway you're doing it anyway and then i think like creating your own path of like okay so you leap before you look or you take risks but then you kind of just you just make your path as you go along you just mm. make it up like even if you do fail or make a mistake you just kind of work around it or use it in yeah. some way or it's hard yeah. to describe but well yeah. i mean failure it's like writing a shitty song i mean 
like... But you wouldn't have failed much. Well, I mean, this is... Or I, I guess, we haven't really failed that much. We've, well, it's we've done just, really well, it's, it's, we? well. How do you define it? Yeah. I think that's the thing. Like, it's not a, a black and white thing to define because, like, similarly to writing a shitty song, like, I came to realise years ago that... Um, the shitty songs are really important oh, yeah. because you've got to write the shitty songs to get yes, to the yes, good yes. ones. You so know? That, so yes, it's they part are. of the process. Yes, yes, Just yes, like, yes. you know, like okay. making a record that's like some it's a big diversion that you know is going to alienate fans or yes, whatever. Yes, sure. And, and commercial suicide I, and the record companies yeah. are not going to like them. There's all these reasons not to do it, but doing it anyway because that's yes. what you want to, that's the record you want to make. Which we've done, and both done. Yes, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, I mean, that's... Yes, so there have been, yes, of yeah. course, yeah. Um, we should. I'm just looking at the time. Um, uh, did you bring songs? Uh, oh, uh, songs to, to no, talk about? I didn't know. Was I supposed to bring songs? Oh yes, but no, that's okay. Oh, what no. we could do no, no, no. is um, normally on this podcast, <clears throat> it, uh, it started off with this idea of. I could um, think of stuff though. Yeah, yeah. Um, it started off with this idea of um, on iTunes. There's this thing that um, there's a playlist that you can access that I discovered. Um, and it's your top 25 most played. So iTunes is keeping count of what you're listening to and you can access this playlist and it shows 1 to 25 mm-hmm. of the, and it shows how many times you've played it or whatever. And it was really interesting just seeing what was there. Um, and so for the, so the idea originally with this podcast was that people were going to, um, you know, look at their top 25 most played and we're going to talk about some of those songs and stuff. As we've kind of gone on, that idea's kind of fallen away a little bit just because... Not like not everybody ha- like uses iTunes. Mm. Um, people, I don't mean, like spot it. Some people have done like Spotify, like songs that they've listened to on Spotify. So I guess like to to start with, how do you consume music today? Is it is it changed from ten twenty years ago? And yeah, yeah, definitely. I do the well. Obviously, I buy stuff off iTunes. I don't do the streaming. That's one mm. thing I don't do, and I know that's really big now, streaming. Yeah. So I don't have Spotify. Yeah. Um, so what I'll do is uh, I still get CDs, and I get a little bit of vinyl. I'm not a huge vinyl freak, mm. like a lot of people assume that I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, I'll buy stuff off Bandcamp or iTunes. Oh, okay. I, so I try to buy it direct from the artist, yeah. um, and then I just load it up onto a little iPod-y thing or whatever, yeah, MP3 yeah. player, and yeah. I listen to it. I listen in my car a lot. At home, I don't listen to hardly anything, but I want to remedy that a bit. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I like silence at home because I get too inspired. Yeah. I get to, If I listen to music, I just get really like it. It, uh, it raises my blood. It raises the blood. <laughs> Yeah, so I said uh, uh, my wife like it's like you know if if and this has been for years you know she'd be like uh, you know let's like you know put on some music and chat it's like yeah I, I just was <laughs> like I can't cannot concentrate on the, this conversation if there's music in the background because I'm going to be torn between the two things like, I can't yeah if you want my attention yeah. you have to uh, remove all other stimulation yes yes <laughs> I get too stimulated I yeah. can't. But in the car is good, long drives and stuff like that. I love listening to music in the car yeah. or on the tram, like, um, you know, traveling. Yeah, I yeah. like to listen. But at home, I like the quiet. Um, but when I go around to people's places and they've got music on, it's great because I'm like, oh, what's that song? What's yeah, that song? Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. But like you, I just get too stimulated. I'm constantly stimulated <laughs> by my environment. I just need some peace and quiet. <laughs> so, um, so mainly, yeah, I think CDs, a little bit of vinyl and just on the iPod in the car. So, yeah. 
So let's um, let's think of a way that we can come talk about three songs. Like what was um, how about what was the last song that you can remember listening to? I well, actually, I can't. Oh, the last song I was listening to. Oh well, can I talk about the last song I listened to that I loved? Sure. Okay, so it's this artist called Tia Gostello. Ah, yes, yep. I think she's from Perth. Is she from she Perth? Perth? Yeah. Is she from Perth? I think she might be. Or Brisbane or something. Because I'm absolutely obsessed with her. She is unreal. Like, she's got such a beautiful voice, but she has this song called Hunger. Exercise. We can talk about anything. I love exercise. CrossFit, jogging, it's good. Wow, good, yeah. good on you. I'm thinking, Yoga. I'm just whenever people talk about exercise, it just makes me feel really oh. like I've got a I because I don't exercise and I've gone through periods and stages where I have. What do you? At what the do moment, you do I've gone a few years without oh. doing any exercise. Oh uh, yeah, no, I'm the same. Like I'm very intermittent and like yep. I'm pretty lazy. So when I do it, it's like woo. <laughs> but um, yeah. So anyway, when I jog, I've been listening to this song by Tia Gostello, and it gets me really pumped. Oh, cool. It's just such a great song. It's like such a hit, and it's so yeah. perfectly crafted. So she's got a new record coming out soon. So is it a first, or is she? Is that song from Hunger? Is from I think an EP. Um, or it could have just been a single, but I think it was off an EP. Okay. Maybe it was called Hunger. Um, but yeah, she's she's got a. I think she's got a debut record coming out, like a long player, soon. Okay, yeah. I'm just sorry. I'm just having a little look at her Facebook to see if I can. Oh, is she, it, her hometown's Mackay in Queensland. Oh, it's Queensland. Oh, yeah. I thought she was Perth. Why did I think Perth? Mm, okay. Um, yeah, so I've been just thrashing that song, like, oh, my mm. God. But um, there's actually a Melbourne band. I'm wearing the T-shirt today, Dark Fair. I've Dark been listening Fair, to their record okay. a lot. So there I helped. I was one of the producers on the record. Oh, like cool. a co-producer with Marisa Page. So, well, so is that something that you've done a lot of, the producing stuff? or A little bit. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. Just like I'm just – I'm a fangirl. Of, of dark fairs, but if I if I love someone's music and I don't know, there's been a couple of bands where I'm just sort you, of I follow them. Do you reach out and you know, yeah, like, I, I just make I just befriend them and yeah, yeah. and 
it's just people I get along with yeah, or yeah. you click with and you might yeah. just do a bit of work with them or mentor them or, yeah, yeah. or mentor yeah. or, you know, just chat and just yeah, say yeah, you're yeah. cool. Yeah, like, yeah. If that's mentoring, whatever. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, I just go to, to a couple of shows or I listen to their demos or something like that. But it's only been a couple of bands um, and, yeah, they've just asked me to help out. So mm. that's just organically happened in yeah, that way. Yeah. And so um, what's the Dark Fair song? Um, so, oh, it's just the whole record, um, but uh, they've got a song called Dangerous Heartbeat, which is divine, like, it's a hit. I could try to believe you, that I will see you again. this like they're not going to be popular now yeah, yeah. but like if they were around when we were around they would have been playing you know your big day outs and they yeah, would have been on yeah. Triple J and all of that but like they're, they're a total like they're kind of a semi-millennial kind of yeah, right. band vibe but they're they're just awesome like the lead singer Ramona um, she is a star and she's got star quality and she's a great songwriter all mm. the songs on their last two releases, all their releases are amazing, but uh, Dangerous Heartbeat is incredible. Like, you'd love it. You'd be like, this is a quality, like a world-class pop yeah. song. And cool. it's just ridiculously heartbreaking and beautiful and just epic. Awesome. Really yeah, well, I'll epic. play little snippets of oh, good. song on this. So, yeah. Oh, good, yeah. yeah. So I'm obsessed with that band, and I think they will do really well. Mm. And, um, yeah, because you don't come across these sort of songwriters that often. Yeah, right. And she's a great lead uh, front person, and she has that star quality. I've seen her in front of the cool. camera. She just – she's incredible, and it's like, what, she's why hasn't she been discovered before? Yeah, right. yeah so. It's hard to um, – I think it's just harder and harder to get noticed mm. as well. You know, like, don't you feel like there's just – just feels like there's just more – Stuff, more music, more people making music. There's just so much, and I reckon that's probably a combination of just, you know, there's maybe something just very kind of um, lo- logical. Like there are just more humans on the planet. Yeah. Um, so. But also too, because of <laughs> modern technology and the internet and stuff, I, you just everyone's got more access to information and more access to be able to make music that mm. they didn't have. It's not, you know, you don't have to, um, you know, you don't have to be given the the, sp- the special keys to the room anymore you know like anybody can do it and it just feels like there's so much every week there's n- like so many new records coming out new songs and as a new artist i wonder sometimes how the hell do you rise above stick your head above that and get anyone to notice you 
I reckon, Kev, it's like how do the young kids of today make a living or, yeah. you know, get noticed or rise above mm. the, the, the crowds and the noise and the confusion and everything? Mm. Because it's, it just, yeah, makes me sad to think that what if they don't get noticed? Like, mm. that's... But I, I also wonder in the musical landscape and in the technology and everything mm. that's going on, are they adapting? Are they, you know, is it just the world they've been sort of born into and then they're adapting and they have their own, it's, you know, I don't know, like how is it working out there? I can't grasp it. I don't mm. know, but it does. I'm with you. I, I, it feels like there's a lot going on and it's hard to get noticed. And and a lot of these bands, they do, they want it to be their life. Yeah. So how do they make it their life now? I, the only thing that I, and that I, think is happening <laughs> is that um because like the world's kind of opened up so much um in that there's just you know such a broad spectrum of stuff being made um that appeals to so many different niches that all of a sudden and you know this is all derived from the internet um all of a sudden there are these niche communities or like styles or whatever um, have got homes and because they can kind of people can kind of connect up and stuff so I reckon now compared to like you know what 20 years ago or so when we were starting out I reckon now that um, you there are there are bands around that like are pretty massive and popular and go and play huge shows and stuff but aren't even mainstream and can walk oh, down yeah. the street and no one would know who they were gotcha. but yet they can go out and tour and play to thousands of people and stuff because like yeah. I mean think of like all the like hardcore kind of metal bands that are just massive yeah. now in Australia and then that wasn't happening 20 years ago right, right but there's obviously all around the world there are all these people out there that just love that stuff yeah yeah and so there's just niche all these it's kind of splintered everything's kind of splintered off into mm. all these tiny little niches whereas 20 years ago it was a lot more it was simple it was a yeah. lot simpler they were simpler times, <laughs> um, but you know, and and I th and I think that is a good thing. I think that's yeah, great that definitely. there's a, some, all this diversity now, and, and people who are into fucking weird shit that no one else is into. Yeah. There's a place for them to find it and to hook, mm. you know, and connect with other people that are into it and all that stuff. So I th I, that's what I think is happening. Good. Well, that gives me hope. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. It's yeah. not just all rock and roll. No, no, no. You know, which for rock bands. You could look at that and go, oh, well, you know, it's not working so great for us because <laughs> yeah. I would have preferred it when everyone was, could only listen to, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. bands with guitars. But, um, but yeah, I think overall it's, it's, a, it's positive. Yeah, I think. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think, um, yeah, with, with the internet and all that, you know, everyone, it's way more accessible globally, you know, mm. like, so you can make connections overseas, you can go tour overseas. It's all, apparently it's all really easy now. So I know it's cause it used to be fucking hard. Yeah. Yeah. And now it just seems the amount of Australian bands that are like really doing good things overseas. Mm. Mm. It's, it's almost become mm. the not like, it's not even a story anymore. Yeah. Like yeah. when an Australian band is, starts to become successful overseas, mm. it, it's barely even a story anymore because so many Australian bands are doing it. And yeah. I just remember in the 90s, it was just such a big deal if an Australian band, you know, like broke, did something. Yeah. 
overseas. It seemed like it was a big deal. Because not many were doing it. No. But I don't know how that happened because in the 80s, it seemed like there were a lot of Australian bands were doing well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why in the 90s. Obviously, it's like the silver chair. Yeah. But like after that, you know, it's hard to come up with too many examples of bands that really, you know. Yeah. Maybe there was a lot of pressure to, to for the next big thing and like you know grunge getting finding the next big grunge mm. band or something and I don't know maybe there was just a lot of weird pressure but I just think that maybe there was just not as many avenues to do it avenues yeah and yeah, now yeah. there's like there's yeah so many. yeah definitely yeah yeah I was going to say something I lost my train no, of thought sorry, no no you didn't at all no you didn't um, I just want to because um, we are sort of running out of time um, I just remembered I I haven't asked you something that I should ask you because I always ask my guests um, when I, I always ask people um, what their first kind of memories of music is like when did you mm. when do you first remember kind of discovering music and it being something that that excited you and you know okay. Grow, did you grow up in a musical family or did you, you know were there was music a big part of your childhood um in a in a in a way, in a little way it was, music was just in the background really yeah. um you know we had the radio on yeah. or things like that but i was always interested in performance and expression mm-hmm. you know on a on a mm. stage in particular yeah yeah um so i always had this impulse to to be on a stage um, which manifested from a very early age. Yeah. You know, my first memories of performance was as a as a little clown. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, very cute. Is I wish that, I had well, that's the way that you said it was cute. A little clown. <laughs> I was a little clown, like literally a little clown. I think I was like seven years old or something. We had to do a performance at school and. I have never forgotten that feeling of putting on this beautiful clown suit, like beautifully made, like hired costume, putting it on and someone doing my makeup, like yeah. having all this clown makeup on. And, and doing, what was the event? What did it was some school thing, you know, get yeah. the kids together and they do a okay. little performance. Yeah, right. And I think I was doing little tumbles and doing little, <laughs> just entertaining the crowd. And I've never forgotten that feeling. I was uh, so excited. And, I, yeah. you know, I recall my mum saying I was extremely excited. So it was from a very early age. Yeah. I, I, I've always loved it. And throughout primary school and a lot in high school, I was doing m- musicals and, you know, lunchtime concerts and always dancing or singing or doing something mm. rock Steadfords. yeah and that led to uni uh major in drama and dance yeah, and so right. i did i i studied you know modern dance and and yeah. performance art and all of that with like really incredibly uh knowledgeable teachers like yeah. you know um and so music was always there Music always got me excited, so it would be, you know, a song I'd dance to or a song I'd mm. sing, you know, but I wasn't ever sort of focused solely on music. Sure. It was more about dance or drama. Yeah, that's amazing because that's I've yeah. almost exactly the same story for me. Right, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah, the dancing, the drama, yeah. Oh, no way! Yeah, yeah. On the stage! Yeah, I, when I started uni, I was doing an arts degree. I was, yeah, doing an arts degree, but I was still doing theatre subjects oh. and and the f- that was in 1995 the first year that jeb's formed i was still performing in amateur productions and Wait. stuff that was when i finally gave gave it up when the band kind of started to take over everything were you doing um so stage were you doing like acting in musicals mm. or acting in plays like, uh, what both. was your oh both, both yeah oh. um but yeah so it's just yeah it's funny 
you know, hearing you talk about that because it's just mm. very, very similar. So when did you? So what about when did you start learning to play the guitar? Yeah, it was when I was eighteen, roughly. Yeah, right. Yeah, so just on a whim, just bought yeah. uh, an acoustic guitar and a little book and started to force myself to learn so guitar. You were a bit of a late, a late, a late comer, comer to the, I was, to the guitar. I was, yeah. So it was just a complete whim. There was no nothing. Like I never dreamt about being in a band, never wanted to be a superstar, never wanted to play rock and roll, nothing. I just uh, followed my impulse to buy a guitar, learn the guitar, and um, I was obsessed with recording and production. So I'd have a double cassette uh, player which allowed me to record something and then I'd play that what I recorded and you could hear it back yeah. through the stereo and it would record that so and then I'd layer I just do layers yeah, just, so I was obsessed yeah, with that the, like the earliest form Early, of um, multi-tracking, multi-tracking pretty yeah. much yeah, yeah. and uh, learnt the guitar and started to put my poetry you know uh, to little chords I'd sort of learnt and yeah. it all just blossomed from there met Dean he um, heard the songs heard the tape and went these are great let's I'll learn bass Wow. So he learnt bass. Yeah. And then we found a drummer who we didn't know at the time was a junkie. <laughs> Just like, he was a lovely guy, but we had no idea, really naive. Anyway, but he was he was cool for what we were doing. And um, anyway, we, yeah, we just started doing my little songs, you know, yeah. to, together. And then uh, we kind of, the band, uh, we lost the drummer. Um, he, he wasn't right for us anymore and, and then just got together with another mate. And it sort of went from there. Yeah. So just um, it was kind of like, you know, when you're learning something and you're discovering something. So it was it was a sort of an experimental thing that led to a career, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. It took the, a long time to form, but yeah. There it, have been many times, particularly recently, I don't know if it's just, you know, because I've just turned 40 and Did it's you? just a lot. Happy well, birthday. I turned 40 last year. Oh, um, cool. But I don't know if it's got something to do with just that stage of life, but it's only really been the last couple of years that I've looked back and gone like, so I guess I'm a musician. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Like this thing, because I don't remember ever like making the decision of I want to be a musician. That's what I want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. I just like formed a band while I was at uni and then, you know, started playing shows and, and opportunities came along and we'd take them and that led to another one and another yeah. one and then before you knew it I, the band was was you know my sole thing and fast forward 20 odd years and it's like I, I hope I wasn't put on this earth to do anything else because it's too late now for me to do it <laughs> but it's just so know, weird to you know weird. to sort of get to middle age which I guess is, you know, yes, top 40 years. Yes. And to kind of look back and kind of go, oh, well, well mm. like, you know, this thing that I've just been kind of rolling along with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's what it feels like. It's like my defining <laughs> yeah. thing that, yeah. or, or maybe it won't be, maybe a, who knows, something else might come around the corner, but... Yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a strange, I mean, maybe that's fine. Maybe that's just totally fine and, you know, should be, just be at peace with that. But yeah. it's hard to know. Yeah. How to know, how, yeah. to, I know. how to process that because, you know, like, especially when you hear other people talk about, you know, how um, sure of having like a, yeah. you know, having a, a, sort of attacking things with such purpose and like, mm. this is what I want to do with my life and stuff. And, mm. And I reckon that maybe that could be have something to do with the fact why, because this is another thing I've been thinking about too, looking back and going, ah, oh, I wonder if I should have been more ambitious. 
<laughs> you know and I reckon that the reason one of the reasons why I never was hugely ambitious was because of all that stuff that I just talked about you know I was just kind of rolling along with things I didn't have a big like I'm going to be you know by the time I'm 25 I'm going to be this yeah. I'm going to be doing this and you know I never yeah. no. did that and no. so like and then if you're not ambitious enough sometimes you don't maybe the, you don't fulfill potential or stuff yeah, see, I don't know. That's I, I no, you don't second guess. I think, yeah, like I'm the same. Like I've never been ambitious. Like it's the same thing. I've just rolled along mm. and rolled along and rolled mm. along, and I still feel to this day, I almost don't want to put a label on anything. Mm. I don't. I don't want to. I feel like I'm going to scare it off or something, or like <laughs> you know, like I feel like I just want to be a bit. Um, naive still to it all yeah. and i always have felt a bit like that maybe i'm just duh, a bit dumb or something i don't <laughs> yeah, know i feel dumb. a bit like stimpy you know just like <laughs> just rolling along <laughs> and in that way there is an innocence i think that yeah. we retain as artists yeah. you know the the and you do take that ri- i feel every year is a risk you know i don't know where money's coming from i don't know how it's going to go yeah. i don't know if it's going to all dry up or what the hell i'm yeah. doing yeah but you just kind of live in the moment and you do it and look here you are like, mm. beautiful house everything you know and i'm happy i that could all be taken well. away that could all be taken away in six months time <laughs> <laughs> you're always i've never That's... i've never have more than six months of security and i've been no, living it's... that way for a long time and yeah it was kind of you know i i could kind of do that without it really affecting me too much mm. for a long long time but it's you know having kids yeah does ramp up the pressure oh, with that sort of imagine. stuff because it's like well it's not just me that's gonna be i mean you know what if if it, if it was just me and all of a sudden you know i got you know the bank took the house and i had to go yeah i'd survive i don't yeah, need yeah, yeah, i don't yeah. need stuff yeah you know but when you, but yeah. then having kids it's like oh fuck but you know they gotta go yeah. to school they need so, new shoes. Man. Oh, man, I can't imagine what that would be. Yeah, that's, yeah. But that's, that's... the only thing. But, like, so going back, um, so you started learning guitar at 18. So how old were you when Magic Dirt, say, when you did your first Science of Satanic Science Youth, of Satanic was, the Youth was the first season. So how old were you when you did that? I'm just trying to gauge, yeah. like, how much time. So that was around 93. So I was born, what, 71? So what's that? 21. Fuck, something. so you've yeah. only been playing guitar for like a Literally, yeah. few years. Yeah, only That's like... amazing. Only, yeah, only a couple of years and then everything took off so quickly. Like, you know, the first band, Dear Bubbles, the first, you know, pre-Magic okay, Dirt, yeah. lasted a few months. But we were already gigging. We were just playing skate parks and we did some Croydon Battle of the Bands, you know. And then very quickly we formed Magic Dirt and we were at the Barwon Club, you know, which is a heavy punk scene. We yeah. were in there just playing because we wanted to play. You know, the performance, the performance diva in me just, I just oh, yeah. want to perform, Absolutely. you know. Yeah, so yeah, we were yeah. there and we were just doing it. It was fun. Everyone was in bands, blah, blah, blah. And then very quickly just all the opportunities started coming. We were supporting bands like Sonic Youth and then we're like, wow. let's make an EP. Let's just get the songs out as you do. And it just all rolled along and... Yeah, I was very young. We were all very young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, just it was like that. Wow. Yeah. That's it was amazing. incredible. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, and literally, I had the same thought when I was roughly, yeah, in my for, uh, turning 40 or just before I turned 40, uh, it was like, oh, I must, um, I've got a career out of this. Okay. I'm a musician of sorts. You know? <laughs> so yeah, it was like, you know, but Magic Dirt nearly stopped because 
pre 2000 just before 2000 we were we had no manager no label we came to a crossroads mm. after young and full of the devil which was our last release on not go go and pre-signing to warner there was this little limbo land and we were all sitting in a, sh- a rat infested share house in in windsor in, in melbourne and we're all living together and we said what are we going to do what are we going to do from here? Are we going to keep going? Yeah, and it, wow. it was actually a serious question. It wasn't just mucking around. We were like seriously thinking because I think we had thoughts we could really just go and get jobs now or wow. we could take a risk. And so there was just this moment of like, what are we going to do? And so and how did you move forward from that point? Like, yeah. did you, like how did the Warner thing came along because that yeah. led to a commercial kind yeah. of breakthrough for your band yeah so so we asked that question we all asked that question so what are we going to do and i think Raoul will have a better memory of this than me i think it may have even been a couple of hours or even a day and we just went oh fuck it let's keep going so like, <laughs> okay yeah let's do this so we took out loans personal loans yeah to cover uh i think it was a demo recording of dirty jeans yeah and which ended up being our one of our biggest hits. Yeah. Our first huge, yeah. huge, huge hit. Like, well, Life Was Better, which was after Signs of Satanic Youth, was a huge indie hit for yeah. us because it was in the charts for a year and or more. Yeah. But those uh, EPs were, yeah, they were massive. Yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. getting into those EPs. Yeah, so the second wave came with Dirty Jeans. So anyway, we took our personal loans. We took this huge risk and somehow landed on our feet and just kept going because we didn't know what was going to happen but Mm. this song dirty jeans was the thing that sort of propelled us forward and Mm. it's it's one of those things like we're talking about where you take a risk you leap before you Mm. look dirty jeans was totally that and Mm. it was all dean well i wrote the song but dean found it yeah right. so it was a scrap it was just a scrap of something on a on a cassette and we were trawling through demos and I stopped the tape. I think you know this story. I stopped the tape because we were demoing all these songs. So yeah. this was after we were like, yes, let's let's go. Let's let's keep going. I demoed some shit and I was showing Dean and I stopped the tape. It landed on Dirty Jeans demo and I said, oh, no, no, this one's shit. No, it's this other one. And Dean's like, no, 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 stop there. Yeah, What's yeah. that? And I went, no, that's crap. I don't like that one. He's like, nah, nah. <laughs> Dean's like, nah, this is good. Let's do it. It's sort of like, you know, it's sort of like a 60s girl group or a Ramonesy type thing. I'm like, okay. So, <laughs> so for us, it was a really um, subversive punk mm. thing, but it doesn't sound like that when you hear it. It's yeah. very poppy and very yeah. shiny. But in my head, in the band's head, it was a real subversive thing for us to do, mm. which is repeat a lyric, you know, eight times. Yeah. And just play three chords. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And that was our punk song, but yeah. it sounds pop. So um, we demoed it and demoed it for like a year or two before wow. it, it came good. And um, then everything just went from there and, and Warner signed us up. It, yeah, from hearing the demos, I think. Wow. Yeah, and we signed up with a new management team and it yeah, all yeah. just went bang, bang, bang again, which seems to be our lot. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, just all the stars aligned. Mm. Always aligning for us. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just want to talk about one more song and and then um, Mm. I'll let you go. I've got to go do the school pickup. Oh, yeah. uh, All that sort of jazz. Um, 
So yeah, what's what's another song that we can uh, have oh. a little listen to and have a little quick chat about? Another song, um, maybe like um, you know what if you imagined, what would you imagine would be you know a song that would be at the top of a most played list of yours? Something that you've been listening to for years that you keep going back to. Oh, okay. Um, well, I can't go past Kate Bush. Anything by Kate Bush, but I would say a song like um, maybe "Hounds of Love" or "Suspended in Gaffer," which is a lesser lesser known song. Suspended in Gaffer. Suspended in Gaffer. A Kate Bush song. Mm. Yeah, right. Okay. What's that? Yeah, suspended in Gaffer. <laughs> I don't know what the hell she means. Does she mean Gaffer tape? It's G A double F A. Out in the garden, there's hop for the heaven, and we're only bluffing. We're not ones for busting through walls, but they've told us unless we can prove that we're doing it, we can't have it all. He's gonna wangle away to get out of it. She's an excuse, and a witness will talk when he's called. But they've told us unless we can prove that we're doing it, we can't have it all. Sounds like a um, a band like prank. <laughs> hey, let's suspend someone in cover. You know, yeah, someone who's yeah. like really wasted or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, totally. Let's, like, stick them to a wall. Yeah, which we have done. <laughs> Stuck round to a chair once. Um, but yeah, I I just I never tire of that song. It's completely unusual and it's just so beautifully written. It's like Kate Bush just she was so young and she just. Splurted out all these incredible songs, this yeah. incredible catalogue, and then just stopped. And obviously, she's done more records after that. But it's just this heightened genius that just had to come out. But this song, yeah, um, it'd be in my top, I reckon, top twenty. I would have to have it up there. Mm. Yeah, it's. When just, did you first discover it? Oh, years ago. She was one of the first when I was deliberately listening to music and writing my music phase mm. um she was one of the first things that i came across besides i was into like the blues very early on yeah and things like depeche mode and then kate bush yeah, yeah so it was years ago but i've got the vinyl of it um or oh, what records it on i think it's called the dreaming and she's on the cover with a um she was really into houdini so she's on the cover yeah, right. she looks beautiful and she's got a little key on her tongue which is the story of how houdini got out of ah, his contraptions. He's ah. kissed his wife or whoever she was and she'd pass him the key. Ah. Um, yeah, so Suspended in Gaffer is on that record. But it's just like, I don't know how the hell she came up with the compositions she did, but they're just incredible. Yeah. So, yeah, Suspended in Gaffer awesome. is... I just love that song. I wish I'd written it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, let's uh, finish it up. Thank you so okay. much. Thanks, uh, Kim. So coming over and... Um, all the best. No well, I'll, I'll be seeing you soon anyway. Yeah. On the road for these shows. Um, and, yeah, all the best with um, getting that solo record finished. <laughs> Thanks, matey. <laughs>